0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to freedom. One of the things that we were doing uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I announced that we're starting this new series on the book of Judges. We started this series on the book of Judges. And one of the things that I know in my life Uh, I know that what's valuable is to know the word of God. Did you know that America is now more Bible illiterate than it ever has been ever in the history of man? Did you know that? That we we as a culture are more uh, illiterate to the word of God. It's very real. When the world is looking at God going, what does that mean? Where do I find that? How do I follow this word? How do I follow your word? And... But they don't know the word. And so we have to be very careful to make sure that we clearly bring the word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to work, and clearly bring the word of God to people. So one of the things that we take pride in here at Freedom is to bring the word in the way that is understandable, but yet not compromising the word of God. And so when I really, I really begin to say, God, what is the next series you want me to be a part of? What do you want me to teach? Judges jumped out at me. And, and there's so many stories, so many broken heroes throughout the word of God that we find ourselves in places of, of brokenness ourselves. We go, where do we find our hope? Right there. In the Bible with broken heroes. Broken people that we look at and we go, that's me. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. Uh, Samson... Is, the, is the, the broken hero that we're talking about this morning. Samson is one of God's broken heroes. And that's exactly the title of my message. Samson, God's broken hero. What we have here is a man. Whose life revealed how God could use imperfect people. To do amazing things. No matter how imperfect they are. Yes? Any imperfect people in the house? All right, if you if you didn't raise your hand, you just lied and now you're imperfect so you can raise your hand. Any imperfect people in the house? Okay, good. Now that's about 100% almost there. We're all imperfect. There's not a single one in the house that is perfect and and that includes me. And we look at someone like Samson and we think to ourselves, there are some people that are very religious and very super holy and they find themselves looking at Samson going, how could that man do that? How could he be so blessed of God with this supernatural strength and still miss it? Well, the same could be said about all of us in this room. How many times did God bless you and yet you still turned away from him? How many times did God give to you and you still pulled away? How many times did God supernaturally pour into your life and you then say, hold on God, let me shelf you And do what I want to do and then come back when I feel it's appropriate. We've all done that. There's not a single one in this room that hasn't done that. But as we look at Samson's life, I want to take a quick overview of Samson for those of you that maybe you don't know who Samson is. So allow me to give you a little bit about Samson. And we look at Samson in the the following chapters, we look at several of uh, his storylines in chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. So I'm going to attempt to take some of these chapters and condense it in just a few moments. Samson it was an interesting character because he's one of the few men in Scripture that his birth was divinely pronounced to his parents. That's in Judges 13.3. He joins this very elite cast of Isaac, John the Baptist, and yes, Jesus Christ. So Samson is one of four individuals that I'm highlighting this morning that we're talking about that actually his birth was pronounced. Most people, like my mom didn't have like an angel come down from heaven and say, you shall name him Tony. Right? That didn't happen. Contrary to some people's opinion. I'm not that anointed. Right? But he was one of that very exclusive cast of individuals that his birth was pronounced. Samson, in a bit of irony, his name means sunshine. <laughs> he was born during, during a very dark time. Uh, what we realize, it was a dark period, so to speak, in Israel's history between 1045 and 1000 BC. Seven times this nation had turned from God and now found themselves Under the oppression of the Philistines. And so God brings Samson into the equation. Samson was born a Nazarite, which means he was separated and set aside. For those of you that don't know what a Nazarite or or the Nazarite vow entailed, it was this meant that they were not to drink any wine or fruit from the vine. He couldn't go near or touch a dead body. And he couldn't cut his hair. That's the Nazarite vow. He didn't take a vow. Some people in those days would take the Nazarite vow for a period of time. He was not. He was a lifelong Nazarite. In other words, he was pronounced to be a Nazarite his entire life. That was his vow. That was his purpose. And so he found himself in this vow, born and raised in it. And so his passion grew for many things, especially for women. And so his godly devotion took a back seat. When he wanted to pursue women, specifically. And what what ended up happening here on this wonderful Father's Day, we're reminded that even the strongest men have weak areas. The strongest of men, the godliest of men, the ones that have this clear intention of doing what's right. Because we've all been there, man, yes. We've all been there where we wanted to do what is right. We wanted to, to follow God. We wanted to maybe just be a good person. Maybe you, didn't, you weren't raised in the church. I'm talking to you too this morning. Maybe you weren't raised in church. I wasn't necessarily raised in church. And I remember there were times that my mom would institute some wonderful principles in my life. She would tell me when a woman, uh, when you, when a woman walks into the room, she doesn't have a seat, you give up your seat. She taught me wonderful, manly things like that. Things that that taught, listen, you respect women and you love women. Why? Because that was not what she experienced in parts of her life. Women, watch how your man treats or the possible future man treats his mama because that's a good indication of how he's going to treat you. Young ladies, I hope you're hearing me. Watch how your boyfriend treats his mama. Watch how your fiancé treats his mama. Because the reality is that how he treats them is a good indication of how he very well may treat you. Now it's not a rule, but it's a pretty solid one. Samson was set apart. But he ignored the vows because he had a flair for women. During his wedding to a Philistine woman... Samson was deceived and humiliated by his wife and the wedding guests so he got angry and killed a thousand men listen I've heard of men punching a hole in the wall getting angry and getting upset that's not okay but killing a thousand men is probably a little over the line that's not a good thing that's a lot of men that's a lot of anger That's a rough childhood. (laughs) But that's what he did. Something was inside that wasn't dealt with. See, look at me. Look at me for a moment. Men especially, I'm talking to you for a moment on this Father's Day. Let me talk to you for a moment. Whatever isn't dealt with in the surface and dealt with right now on your time will be dealt by someone else on its own time. And you may not like how it comes out. At least this way, you got a handle on it. Samson had lust issues, anger issues, all the issues that many men and most men, dare I say, have today. There's issues that we all have to deal with. We have a sinful nature. Everybody in this room has a sinful nature, and everybody has tendencies that some don't even want to talk about. Why is why are most churches two thirds women? Because men don't often want to face. This situation is in their lives. So they'll cover it up in other ways. They'll find ways to not hear from the word of God. Can I encourage you men? Stand up for something or you'll fall for anything. Killed a thousand men. But then at the end, he found himself Delilah. Some of you know the story. She pushed and she pushed How do you get your strength? Some people look at Samson, they think Samson must have been ginormous, like full of muscles. Here's why I don't know that that's always true. Here's why I don't believe that that's completely true. I believe Samson to some degree looks strong. But I also believe that why would you ask somebody with giant muscles where they get their strength? Newsflash, from the giant biceps you are carrying around. They should have a parking spot. I don't believe he looked as strong as a lot of people picture because they they kept asking him, where do you draw your strength from? And the dude looks like a serious, strong man. You don't ask him. So I believe to some degree he might have looked strong, but I believe by, by and large, he looked to some degree ordinary to some degree. I don't know what that looks like and I don't have any scriptural proof, but. He later then revealed that my strength doesn't come just from here. Right? My strength. My strength. It comes from my hair. The Lord has given me strength and it comes from my hair. If I cut it, I will lose my strength. And then therein, insert Delilah, insert the wrong people knowing the, too much information about your life. You ever had the wrong person know too much information about you? And you're like kind of reel it in, reel it in. I let, I let too much information out. Alright? But eventually, he, he, he reverted to his own flesh. It came out when it wanted to. She found out. She leaked his secret. Some of you know the story. Some of you may not. Don't believe all the blockbuster movies. I don't know how accurate they all are. But the word of God says that he leaked the information. She told the wrong people. They came, captured him. And all of a sudden he's working for the enemy. And his eyes are gouged out. He didn't see that coming. Some of you just got it. That's right. But in one last attempt, watch this. In one last attempt, one last attempt, he said, God, give me the strength. And he then took out many, many Philistines, which I believe in a lot of ways ended up being uh, a very instrumental part because Samson's strength as it returned that last moment in Judges 16, you can read it for yourself, verses 1 through 31. He died while destroying the temple of the the Philistine god Dagon killing literally thousands of Philistines in his last attempt to do God's will. Listen, don't wait till you're captured by the enemy eyes are gouged out and you have nothing else to do to get rid of the enemy in your life. I'm talking about broken heroes. Fathers, fathers, some of you walked in here broken yourselves because you felt like a failure. You felt fear. You felt like you've done wrong and you're not good enough. You felt like you haven't matched what God has wanted you to do and you're like, guess what? Look at me. You can hit the reset button today and be the father God has called you to become. The husband God has called you to become. The man of God he's called you to become. And you can do that today when you realize that your brokenness is available to God here today. As you give that brokenness to him, he makes you and mends you to be the man God has called you to become somebody say amen see with the spirit of God upon him he was able to do great things Samson was a powerful man with supernatural strength and while he had almost unlimited potential to deliver his people he died in needless tragedy he not only the failed to deliver his people But he killed himself in the process. Disobedience, defeat, disgrace, and destruction. Those were his fatal flaws. But with all that said, somehow he made it to Hebrews chapter 11. The hall of faith. That's the Bible's version of the hall of faith. The hall of faith, Hebrews 11, he's still mentioned there. Why is the man that under achieved, underproduced, still end up in the hall of faith? Why? Because God's anointing can never be ducked. You could have God's anointing in your life and never even know it. And I believe that there are men in this room and you have not even tapped into your anointing. And some of you, here's worse. you know you have the anointing and you're either afraid to move on it or you've been burned so you feel like I don't ever really want to move on it. And friend, that is just as, ju- that is just as much denying Jesus Christ in your life when you say to him, I know what I should do, but no. This goes for all. This goes for men and women. But here on this Father's Day, you don't have to be a father to hear what I'm telling you. There's anointing on your life to do... Look at me. There's an anointing on your life to do something. What is it? You're broken? Welcome to the club. We're a room full of broken people. A fellowship full of broken people. Realizing there is one hero in this story. That ultimately leads us. And that's Jesus Christ. Despite having the spirit of God. Samson still leaned on his flesh. Men listen up. All sin. Especially sexual sin. Comes with its own desperate. And sometimes deadly consequences. I'm telling you right now. It binds us. It blinds us. And then it slowly grinds away. Like it did with Samson it binds us up guess what when they bound up Samson he thought to himself when he woke up he's like these things I might as well breathe on them and they'll snap something's wrong something's not right before he realizes it the Philistines are coming he couldn't break out he was bound then blind and then he turned to the grind And he became a slave to the very people he was supposed to overcome. The very people he was supposed to deliver his people from. He became a slave. When the victor becomes the victim. When the one that was the deliverer needs delivered. That's when men and women and people of faith do not live up to the anointing God has called you to live up to. Each one of us have an anointing in our lives that we have to live up to. Here's the truth. Sin will take you farther than you want to go and hold you longer than you want to stay. You've heard it before. Here's what Proverbs says. Fathers, we must heed the stern warning above all else. Guard your heart for in it is the wellspring of life. Samson rented his heart out too quickly. Samson, look at me, rented his heart out. Quickly, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever lent something to someone before you found out they don't return stuff? You know what I'm talking about? You ever lent something out, like, yeah, sure, borrow it. 14 and a half years later, still not in your possession. It was a 90 minute movie. Why do they have it for 90 years? What's going on, right? Think to yourself. I didn't know that going into this. I I lent that out too quickly before I could figure out their situation. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You went out to lunch with somebody you didn't know, know how weird they were. How many ever went out to... Don't point to anyone in the room. Don't point to anyone in the room. I'm just saying. How many ever went out to lunch with someone and five minutes in you're going, this was a mistake. And then you think, steak? That's a great idea. And you order the steak. Because that's what I would do. When you get lemons, make lemonade, right? When you make a mistake, get the steak and say so, so. That's that's how that works. But we learn one thing that Samson taught us something. Watch this. Despite all of Samson's weaknesses, he did eventually turn back to God. But unfortunately. He had to still deal with consequences. So let me let me give you a couple of lessons, I believe it's very important for the fathers and anybody in this room as well. But let's throw this one first out there. Lesson number one that we can learn from our broken hero Samson today. We are called to live a holy life. Know that you have a call on your life. You may have walked in this morning and you're saying, I don't even go to church. How do you know I have a call in my life? Because I believe everyone, everyone in this room has a call on their life. You are called to live a life that is holy. And on the day that the angel proclaimed his birth, the messenger gave instructions to Samson's mother. They said this, look at this, look at Judges chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn there real quick, Judges 13. Joshua, Judges, Old Testament, chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. Now therefore... Please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Interesting, huh? He was proclaimed, spoken over, and here is his call, his whole life, right there. How many of you wish... That when you were raised, you had a situation where you know exactly what you were to be your whole life. Wouldn't that be easy? Like here, some of you are like, I don't know if I want somebody else to dictate. I'm saying God. I'm saying, what if what if God gave your parents here's here's what I believe God has for you? How 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 instrumental would that be in your, your upbringing? That would be pretty instrumental, right? And sometimes most people don't get that, but but I believe here's what you can do. I believe as mothers. And fathers, you can speak over your children. You can speak, speak life to your children. Lead them. Listen. Can I tell you this? And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna fly in the face of modern teaching and to some degree here, because I believe that the Bible supersedes any teaching that is um, modern that doesn't apply to His Word. Here it is. I'm gonna let my child make the decision for themselves. Listen, listen to me closely. No child of mine is going to try to make up and figure out on their own what they're going to do their whole lives when they're young. I'm going to speak into their life until God speaks to them. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak blessing. I'm going to speak anointing. I'm going to speak world changer. I'm going to speak someone that that brings hope. I'm going to talk about someone that's going to restore families. I'm going to talk about restoring callings. I'm going to talk about prophetic. You're going to speak into people's lives. And you're going to bless people. And you're going to do something. And you're going to follow God. And you're going to breathe the breath of life into other people. Because they walk. Many of them walk in death. I'm going to speak that. I'm going to speak that until God says otherwise. Because listen closely. If you're not speaking into your children, someone is. If you're not the priest of your household, someone is. Fathers, if you're not leading your children to righteousness, someone is. If you're not speaking hope, someone's speaking something. And his parents knew his calling. And as Christians, we have a high calling to pursue God. Not for happiness, but for holiness. Did you hear me? I think God wants me to be happy, Pastor Tony. That's why I'm going to stop doing this ministry. No, I believe God wants you to be holy. Seek him before you stop doing anything. Hello? God wants you to be holy. Happy is good. Holy is better. Because happiness will come and go. I want joy. I want God's joy. Joy can happen even when there's a storm. How many know what I'm talking about? Joy, you know what joy is? Joy is sleeping at the bottom of the ship while there's a storm. And everyone's panicking and I'm like, I got this. I don't exactly know what's happening around me, but I know what's happening in me. See, happiness is what's happening around you. Joy is what's happening in you. Did you get that? Write that down. That's a good one. Write it down. I'll wait. Right? Happiness is what's happening around you. You could be happy and still have a storm inside. But I don't know about you. There could be a storm outside and I could still have joy on the inside. I don't know why I'm so calm right now, but that's that joy. And that only comes from the Lord. Come out from among them and be separate. 1 Corinthians 6. God expects us to live a holy life. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us this. It tells us, living be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And that's your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let me ask you, when are you going to decide to give all, 100% of yourself, mind, heart, soul? It's a good question. Because the life of a Christian is a life of overcoming. Not to be a slave to sin. Not to be a slave to the enemy. Right? Second thing, God can use bad situations to fulfill his purpose. You You look at Samson's situation, that was a bad situation. Somebody say bad situation. That was a bad situation. And though Samson is known to be one of the strongest men recorded in the Bible, he was still so, so weak in other areas. When Samson became an adult, he decided to marry a woman in Tinna. Judges 14 is obvious that Samson is acting carnally. Soon after his decision to marry outside of his people was proven to be fatal. A series of events happened. And let me tell you something. God can take that and still use it. And the spirit of the Lord still came upon him. Even though he walked and made bad decisions, the spirit of the Lord still was upon him. How many feel like there's a little bit of hope there for you? you, You mess up, there's still a little bit of hope there. Listen, I don't want you to walk away with a little bit of hope. I want you to walk away with buckets and buckets of hope this morning. Because God is about filling the buckets with broken people and pouring us out to this world to say, listen, you don't have to be Perfect to be used. God uses broken heroes. Judges 14, 4, but his father and mother did not know that it was the Lord and that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. You know what that means? I don't understand why my child's doing this, but I got to trust the Lord in this. We don't always understand, even as parents, fathers, mothers, we don't always understand what is taking place in our children's lives, but we got to trust that God has a hand in it, even if it falls or uh, flies into the face of what we normally understand to be God in it. You ever looked at some and said, God's not in that? You looked at some and said, God's not in that? You say some God is not in that, and he was in that? And you were like, God, oh, my bad. God was in that. I meant to say was. I meant to say was you see it in the natural but God sees it in the supernatural though we might suffer we don't suffer in vain we suffer with a purpose and so God can use bad situations to change things and apostle Paul said this didn't he he said we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and the called according to what my purpose my purpose right no his purpose Called according to his purpose. My purpose has gotten me this far in trouble. His purpose will lead me. You see, God's purpose for our lives is greater than our biggest mistakes. Hear me. God's purpose for our lives is greater than our biggest mistake. And here's my last thought. Lesson number three. You ready? You are free to choose, but you're not free from the consequences of your choice. That's not, a, that's not a lot of good preaching right there. But it's still good. Because that's everybody in this room. But God, I ask for forgiveness. In all, you are free. You are forgiven. I believe God will forgive you. But that doesn't mean that he'll deliver you from the consequences. There are real consequences. Here's something that we all got to realize. God has given us free moral agency. What does that mean? It means that we have the freedom to do whatever we like, whether we obey him or not. And whether, however that happens, we will never be able to choose the outcome. You can choose your choice, but you can't choose your outcome. You can't choose your consequence. And I'm telling you right now, every action you make will either bring you farther or closer to God. There really is no middle ground. So we look at this. Thankfully, Samson saw the floor in his character and he asked God one more time, God, one more time. Give me the strength that I once had to fulfill your promise, to fulfill your duty. And I could very, at the very least on my last breath, I can still forward your kingdom, forward your purpose. And God is merciful and loving. And he did that. But at the same time, the pillars fell on him too. Are you hearing this? God gave him and granted him his wish. But even in fulfilling that one wish, that one prayer, ended his own life. You are free to do whatever you want. But that doesn't mean that God is approved or that the consequences won't follow you. So when the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice, here's what it's saying. Do it right the first time. That's what holiness is. I remember my pastor, my pastor Ron. He, uh, when I was a, a young buck, a young buck, and I was doing my internship back in New York City, and I remember, uh, I remember sitting across his desk, and he gave me one of the one of the most beautiful definitions of holiness that I, I I will never forget this all my life, and I still to this day it just rings as my definition. What is holiness? I asked him one day. Pastor, what is holiness? And you know what he said? Doing what God said to do the first time. That's holiness. Doing what God said to do the first time. That good? Samson did what God wanted him to do, but at the last time, not the first time. At the last moment. The consequences were his own life. Now, he still did play a part, which later the Philistines would be defeated by the people of God. And we believe historically that that moment that Samson did that was instrumental in delivering the people because he killed so many Philistines and delivered them to some degree there. But I do believe Samson, God had so much more for Samson, but his weaknesses were never dealt with. And because those weaknesses were never dealt with, it dealt with him. Face your weakness or your weakness will face you. And I'm going to begin to wrap this up in a moment here. You ready? Hebrews 12. Let's read this for a moment. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6 states this. My son, and even if you are here, my daughter, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives in other words correction is not against the Bible hello correction is not against God I correct my children I lead them right and I show them the way people think God God hates me God will forever no if he hated you you wouldn't even feel conviction the Holy Spirit wouldn't draw you the fact that you have conviction that's a good sign that means he hasn't given up on you right he hasn't given up on you. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Before you move towards sin, think about the consequences of your actions and is it worth it? Fathers, men, I'm talking to you for a moment. As the priest of your house, be very careful what you allow in. Pastor Tony, I don't want to be over-religious about this. But let me be very clear. The music, the movies, the objects, the people, everything you let into your house... Be mindful of those things. Pastor Tony, I don't believe that. You don't have to believe it for it to be true. No, that's not the way we believe here. We believe truth is real. Truth is not relevant. There is a truth. There is a black, there is a white. There is truth. And what I believe to be true is that everything you allow in your house, you expose yourself to. So be very careful. Be very careful. Because I believe that God is raising up a generation right now that's going to stand for righteousness. And he's raising up men, especially today. When many men, my brother prayed it perfectly earlier. When society is bashing men, saying men of this, men of that. And all of a sudden, women standing up saying, we don't need men, we'll do it ourselves. You know what that speaks to? The irresponsibility of men not taking up their place. That doesn't mean that the women are not strong. That doesn't mean that the women are not capable. I'm not saying that. Do not write me. And if you do, I'll give you an email that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm telling you for a moment that there are men that need, to, that need to rise up and be the men in their house. You need to be the priest in your house and determine what enters the gates. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for the example that is found through Samson, our broken hero. God, I thank you that no matter what happens in our life, we can be assured and rest assured that there is nothing in this world that is more important than living a holy life for you. We want to give our hearts to you. We want to give ourselves to you. And we pray today that your Holy Spirit would speak to us in however way you want to today. In Jesus' name we pray. God, I pray you raise up fathers to be fathers of faith. That you will raise up men to be honorable and men of character and men of integrity that say what they mean and mean what they say. God, I pray today that you would allow us to see your glory in this place. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Perhaps the greatest lesson we learn in this story of Samson is that God would rather forgive than judge you. I'm not being soft on judgment. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Everyone, right? But let me speak to you men for a moment. Because it's in my heart. No one can take your job and do it the way God called you to do it. Don't think for a single moment. That as wonderful as these women are, these mothers, these wives, as wonderful as they are, and they're fantastic. We have some of those amazing women in this church. We really do. But they can never be you. They can never take the place of you. They can never be the priest of their household the way God has called you to be it. And guess what? Most, most all women are looking for their man... Or their husband or their fiance, or whoever, to lead them into righteousness. They really are. They're looking for someone to speak into their lives. And you know what? There are times I have missed that. I'm a 40 year old man today. And that's hard to say because I still feel 21. Some days. but i realized that i missed a few years in being able to speak into my wife into my children but it's not too late. say pastor tony you're a pastor there's no way i am flesh and bone just like you. and what i realized in my life is that you're not called to be superheroes but you're called to be heroic In a superior God. In other words. You're called to be available. To a God who's superior. To all things. And you may think to yourself for a moment. Well Pastor Tony. First of all I'm not a father. That doesn't matter. He still called us to be father to the fatherless. Well Pastor Tony. I'm not married. I'm not this. I'm not. Stop thinking about what you're not. And start focusing on what you are. What you are today. And what you are is called by God for this time. It shouldn't be a stretch for me to call on men in the church to do something for God and pray. To have a prayer time for the men in the church and three people show up. I'm not saying this happened. I'm just hypothetically throwing this out there. Men, stand up. And when we do things, let's do them with everything we got. Fathers, I'm looking at some of the young men here. Some of these amazing young men in this body right here. Amazing young men. And you just you're you're a teenager, you're coming out of your teens, you're a young adult. Don't despise the words of your father or the wiser men in your life. Because it's in those moments. You may gather something you never ever imagined. So I'll leave you with this thought. Stop thinking that you know it all. Men and sons. And start leaning on the one that does. Step up and be the man God has called you to become. We all got feelings. We all have shortcomings. We all are broken. I get it. But don't let that be your excuse. Let that be your thrust. I'm broken so I must chase him twice as hard. And that's okay amen that's okay so allow me to pray for you can you do me can you do me this favor there's somebody next to you can you just put your hand on their shoulder right now all the way across the room even if it's just one individual whatever just put your hand on either side or both sides or whatever and those of you at your seat would you extend your hand ladies and pray with me for these men because God has called these men he's called he's called you answer the call my goodness father I pray right now in Jesus name for each one of these men in this room right now for every man at the sound of my voice father or not husband or not they're men men that are called to be priests, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and representatives of the Lord God Almighty. I pray today, Jesus, would you just extend your anointing so strong upon them. Move upon them, O God, that they would never walk away from the calling that they would not be like Samson and and allow the wrong people in their circle with the strength that you've given them and the ability to change the world. God, never let them give a foothold to the enemy in their lives. I pray in Jesus' name. God, for each one, capture their heart. Capture their heart. Capture their heart. Let them be everything you call them to become brave men, soldiers and priests, prophets, and men who stand for righteousness. In Jesus' name, may every single one of them speak hope, blessing, and anointing upon those they come in contact with. May they never, ever miss a chance to deliver your people the way you call Samson to deliver. May they never give in to the lies and deception of the enemy. It is in the name that is above every name that we pray. The name of Jesus in which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus, let us capture the imaginations of with a life that is Christ and Holy Spirit driven in humility, in love, in submission, in compassion, in character and obedience to our Heavenly Father. God, thank you that we don't have to forget where our strength comes from the way Samson did. Our strength comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, all of God's men said, All of God's men said,